Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? I put that video on because those who have been around church know that there's a lot of funny things that can happen in church, right? I, uh, I grew up in church. My dad had a quartet a couple times. We had some things that were really crazy, and I've played in church off and on all my life. One time I went to a wedding, saw a preacher burn his sideburns off trying to light a candle. And, uh, you know, when we talk about church... Everybody has an idea about church, don't they? Jim talked about that. We played this song that was probably 40 years old, maybe a little older than that. It's amazing when you look at the church, you see how it's changed throughout the years. And those who, have, who are students of the church look back and, and you can see the history of the church and how it was founded. And today, we're going to talk again about why I love the church more. There's more to come about what I'm talking about. That was the sermon title. And uh, so... I got to thinking about this, and I thought, well, you know, the church is, is a special place. So we put on our website, what does the church mean to you? And we wanted you to respond back to us and tell us what the church meant to you. And it was very interesting. We got some great comments. One, uh, particular, well, let me just tell you a couple of them. One of them said, it's a place where I can go and, and feel loved. That's a good thing right there, isn't it? It's, another one was that it's a, it's a hospital for sinners. That's a good one. like that one. It's a place where I feel like I belong. That's really good. Because when you're in a church where you feel like you belong, you, you'll be a part of it, won't you? So I wanted to talk today about this whole thing about the church. And it's like Jim said, if we were to ask you, what is the church to you? What does the church mean to you? Uh, a lot of people would come in with these ideas that we were talking about. But when we look at the New Testament idea of the church... We find that it, it, it's got a little bit of a, of a uh, basis and a history, and that's what I want to talk about. Things of why I love the church. Everybody's got a problem, or everybody can tell you something with the problem with the church, can't they? You with me? You ever talk to somebody and they go, well, you know, I don't want to go to church. I don't, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know this is, it's just nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. That's, that's one I hear a lot. I'll never forget, I was a young believer, and we were in, I was in a church that was real evangelical, and we were knocking on doors, you know, going down the sidewalk, knocking on doors. Any of you ever do that? This was back in the 70s when that was kind of an uh, evangelistic thing, and, and I was kind of always uncomfortable with that. But I did it, because I was fired up about the Lord, and, and so we went up and knocked on this door, and I said, hey, buddy, we're from this church down the street, and we just wanted to come invite you, because I ain't coming up with all them hypocrites, and I hadn't been saved very long, and I said, well, why don't you come on up? One more won't hurt a thing. The guy that was with me went, that wasn't really good. That's not really what we're after here. <laughs> you know, you, you can't, you know, it's kind of one of those genetic things. Sometimes it just comes out. And then, you know, so you got people outside of the church, you know, they, they, they make the other comment I've heard is, all they want up there is my money. That's all they talk about is money. Anybody ever heard that one? Or how about this one? It's all about being seen. It's a status thing to go to that church. Uh, I took a little survey. And I was asked, they they aren't very welcoming to me. Uh, I don't feel like I'm welcome up there. Uh, I feel I don't feel comfortable uh, with the you know the dress code. I had a person ask me about five years ago if we had a dress code here at Burlington. I said, Yeah, wear them. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, things have changed over the years. Uh, my dad. Uh, you know, when we would go to church, you would never get on a platform without a tie. And I still hear his voice. 
because that was the way I was raised. It was just part of my culture. You know, but we live in a, thing, a world that's changing. If you want to wear a tie and it makes you worship better, brother, put it on. You know what I'm saying? If it draws you closer to Jesus to wear a tie, put it on. I want you to be close, but if you want to come in here and, you know, wear jeans, that's fine too, man. It's not about what you're wearing. It's about what you got here. About what you got here. Then on the other side of the thing, you got people, you know, who are in the church who have an idea about the church. No shorties there, is there? People tell you how it ought to be run, what they think about this, what they think about that, how, how it ought to look, who's in charge, who ought to be in charge. Come on now, hang with me. Right? I mean, it's part of, it's part of you know, growing up in the church. And, the, of course, the latest thing, and I had to be right in the middle of this, is the music. Everybody's got an opinion on the music, don't we? Get quiet on me now. Watch what happens here. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the deal. Um, worship is our response to God's revelation. That's the definition of worship, okay? And for me, uh, you know... I, I sold pianos for a living for several years. I also sold church organs. One of the coolest jobs I ever had was, was selling church organs. I, w- I got to go in these beautiful cathedrals and see these beautiful churches. And so I've, you know, I've been around all the different types of, of music. And to me, it's worship is worship. And you know what? Somebody said to me, said, you know, uh, that music that you're playing, I don't understand it. I said, well, here's the deal. We're connecting with people. And it's not about the style of music. You know, when I die, I've got four grandkids, and I, I don't care if they remember what kind of music I like. I don't care if they remember that. What I want them to know is that I love Jesus. And if it reaches people, as long as it's cool, you know what I'm saying, it's not real graphic, that kind of thing, but as long as it's uplifting and encouraging and draws people to Jesus, I'm in. I'm in. And uh, so, you know, we talk about church, we talk about all these things that people like and things that people don't like, but today we want to look at the New Testament church. And I want to, I want to kind of look at, because of some of the things I've mentioned, I want to look at how this un, unfolds. The church, the word for the church in the New Testament is ecclesia. And it is an assembly or called out ones is what it basically was talking about. And it has a couple of aspects, this, this concept of the church. There's a local church, and then there's the church universal. You know, I, I got up this morning at whatever time it was, and I left over there, and it was thundering and lightning. And I was driving across 275, me and the deer. And I was thinking to myself, right now, somewhere in the world, there's a congregation gathered, you know, because they're ahead of us in certain parts of the world. We're just one little part of the body of the kingdom of the church of God. And when you think about that, how incredible it is. And we gather together to worship him. And so when people talk about the church, it can be the local church or it can be the you know, the universal church. The root of the meaning of the word is not that of a building, but it's about people that follow Christ. An interesting point, did you know that the early church met in houses? Now, a lot of the early church followers were Jewish converts, so they would go to the synagogue, and Jesus taught in the synagogue and so forth. But the early churches, those epistle letters that we read about, uh, Romans and Galatians and all, a lot of those places, they were meeting in homes. How would you like to have that? What time are you going to be over tomorrow, next Sunday, Troy? <laughs> the 
They met in houses. And do you know when the first building was built structure for a church that we kind of that we know about? Do you ever think about this? The first physical structure building that was built to have to have church in. Do you know when it was? 240. 240 AD. Roughly. So they didn't even build the first building until around the third century. See, the body of Christ was already in motion, man. It was going, and the church was meeting, and people were falling in love with Jesus, and the world was on fire for Jesus, the kingdom of God. How cool is that? Now, you know, when we talk about this, um, I believe, and this is on, I think this is the one we put on the sign. I'm not sure. Maybe it's not. But anyway, it says, the church was and always has been God's plan. And I believe that. Paul and G, Paul writes to the church. Paul preached to the church. He sent letters to the church. You know, you were meant to be a part of this thing. We as human beings, God instituted this thing as the church. I don't know why. It's a movement. Have you ever come in here on a Sunday morning and it was raining and dreary and you were just like, oh, I don't, maybe I'll just go to Bed Springs Baptist today. Maybe I'll just stay home and sleep. And you come to this place, and you walk in, and if you come through one of the doors, our greeters are usually pretty cool. Do you know, we got one, though. He's off the hook over here on this side. (laughs) You know, kids cry if he's not at that door welcoming people. And you get out of your car, and you walk in the church, and you're thinking, I'm feeling a little better, maybe. And you walk in, and you start talking with somebody, and then you get encouraged. Do you ever do that? Yeah, we do that. That's what church is about. It's interconnecting with each other. There's a passage of scripture in Matthew. There it is. And this is where Jesus is talking about the church. And this is kind of a lightning rod passage for some people, but I think it's a beautiful passage because let's look at here's what it says. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So when you read this passage of scripture, Jesus established the church and he was talking to Peter. Now, some people believe that Peter was uh, really somebody special. And I think he was, too. And I think God anointed him. Augustine, our, one of the church fathers, St. Augustine said, but when Jesus was talking to him, he was saying, you're Peter and upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the passage ahead of that, he basically was talking to Peter and he said, who do you think I am? You see, you see where that's going? But now we have other folks that believe that Peter was the guy and that he started the church, uh, Jesus started the church and he put him in control. Well, you know what? I think there's a combination of both right in this. Because here's the, here's the deal. Peter and Andrew were the first disciples. His brother. And, and Jesus is talking to Peter and he's saying, you are the one I'm going to build my church on. Because of your faith, and he was an example of faith, and today we sit here as the body of Christ, and how do we get to be that? By faith. Isn't that good? And you know, I identify with this guy, with the Apostle Peter, because, I mean, this this cat was wound. He was, if you think about it. I mean, he's the one that, you know, was ready to fight one minute, and then, oh Lord, you know, I'm okay. And I've often wondered, Jesus came to him and talked to him, you know, and he said, 
Peter, do you love me? And he, oh, yeah, I'll go for it, you know. And that sounds just like me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the first little tremble of water comes, you know. And then what happened? He was gone, wasn't he? And what, it's about the rooster crowing. Remember that story? I wonder about this. Ah, maybe not. But, you know, after Peter went through that experience and gave his heart to the Lord, and you see him in the book of Acts, he's a different guy. He's speaking boldly about Jesus. His faith had grown, and he was excited. But I wonder when a rooster crowed if he would go like this maybe every once in a while. That's just my crazy way of thinking. But he was a different person. And that's the way you are this morning if you're here, if you're a believer. If you're a Christ follower, it makes a difference. He built the church. Jesus built the church, and I think he built it on people based upon faith. You with me on that? We look at this scriptures, it's obvious that Jesus was the cornerstone, that he was the the foundation of the church. Ephesians 2 says the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church. It also says Jesus is the cornerstone, and without the whole thing, it will collapse. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus himself was the chief cornerstone. Make no mistake about that. The church is built on Jesus Christ, and if it's not, it will not stand. You know, churches go through things, don't they? We're people. And that's the thing that's amazing to me about how Jesus established this thing. He built it on human beings. He wants us to be the church reaching out to people, followers of Christ. And it's a movement, and it continues today. Let me ask you something. How many of you here today are here today because somebody invited you to church? Raise your hand. Not today, but I'm, you know, at some point you came to church in your life because somebody made an initial invitation. Raise your hands. Come on. It's about 85%. How many of you are here because your mother and father drug you? <laughs> Not drug you, drug you, dragged you. <laughs> so when you talk about, when you talk about us as pastors, worship pastors, preaching pastors, you know, we're just one part of this thing. You folks at Burlington Baptist Church are the church. And you are the ones who get excited and you bring and you invite and the next thing you know, people are coming and visiting our church and the church grows. Yeah, it's interesting how we got here. 1 Corinthians 3.11. Can you pull that one up for me? We were having a little issue, but they've got it working, I think, now. (laughs) Jesus is the only true foundation, and no man can lay another. In the New Testament, it's clear that the foundation of the church is Jesus Christ. Here's a point that I want you to listen. I want you to catch this, because I think this is so important, especially in these times. It says here, you and I are called to belong, not just to believe. You and I are called to belong, not just to believe. If we look around this room today, everybody's got a gift. I wouldn't know a bit more about how to run that computer up there than I would fly an airplane. I wouldn't know a bit more about how to fix this pew if it broke. You wouldn't want to sit in it. I wouldn't know how to do the things you do. That's why it's so critical that you be a part of this in your service to God. It takes every one of us. 
Amen, Kent. I had a guy come to me one day and he said, and he was almost embarrassing me. He was like, oh, man, I wish I could play the piano like you do. Oh, man. And I happened to know this guy was a carpenter. And I said, well, I wish I could drive nails like you do. And he looked at me and said, an idiot can drive a nail. <laughs> and I said to him, and I'm serious, I mean, this is funny, but it ain't supposed to be, I guess. But I said to him, I said, you know what? I can't drive a nail. Now, that takes a big guy to admit that in front of all of you. My wife has to hang the pictures in our house. I started out hanging a picture one day. I hit my finger. Praise the Lord. And before it was over, I had two holes in the wall. She came in and said, what are you doing? Her dad's a carpenter, was a builder. So she married this long hair. I had long hair at one time. Musician. Brought me home. But we all have our gifts is what I'm trying to say. And she can hang the picture. Okay? So, so what is it that you do? What is it that's your gift? Every one of you have one. Everybody in here has a gift. God made you unique. Maybe it's growing a garden with big heads of lettuce and cabbage. Maybe it's reaching out to people. Maybe it's encouragement. I met this girl 37 years ago. I talk about her a lot. I know I do, but, you know, I love her. I can't help it. I met her in church, and I thought, man, God, all my life, I thought God was going to give me a woman that could sing. I was excited because I thought it'd be cool, man. We'd go around and sing at churches, you know. It'd be awesome. I go in, and, and here's this, this girl, and she was blonde-headed and blue eyes. And Anybody ever watch Andy Griffith? You ever see that episode where Barney's in the choir? I'm going to be in trouble. She's not in here today. No, listen, this is the fact, because I'm I'm, I'm, I want to share a point with you. Here's the deal. So, so I get her up there, and I got her in the choir, and believe it or not, at one time I was a choir director, Sandy. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so she was in the choir, and I thought, man, she's like, you know, she had me from whatever. Hello, was that what the song says? Anyway, so I go up there, and we're singing, you know, and, and I hear this voice, and I'm going, Whew. I mean, it wasn't even a joyful noise. And I walk, I walk over here, you know, and I'm thinking, because she's over there, and I'm thinking, it can't be her, because God's sending her to me, and we're going to sing. And I'm like, mm. and I go over here, and when I got over there, man, it was her. And I mean, I, we're singing the song in F, and she's like an A flat. It was awful. When the choir was over, I, in order to sit by her, we sat on the back row back in those days when we were young kids. They'd let us sit back until we got out of you know, control loud or whatever. I sat down on the end. I thought, nah, I'm going to watch this now, you know. I looked up, and there was about 30 kids swamped us on the back pew. So I'm sitting on this end, and she's sitting on that end. And they loved her. And that was her gift. And it is her gift. Her gift is children. What an amazing gift. I married her anyway, even though she couldn't sing. <laughs> Smartest thing, smartest thing I ever did, but, but the fact, what I'm saying is, she loves children, and that's her ministry. And maybe you're sitting here today, and maybe you don't have anything that you're doing in this church. You're called to belong, not just to believe. That's my point. And it takes all of us. You know, you say, well, I'm going to miss today. It's no big deal. Nobody will know I'm not there. Let me tell you something. We know when you're not here. We're not keeping score. 
Like, oh, he wasn't there. No, it's like, I hope he's okay. Hope she's all right. And I know there's times when we take vacations. I get that. But I'm just saying, we miss you when you're not here. You're called to belong, not just to believe, to this church. Well, Kent, but you don't know me. You know what? You don't know me either. We're human beings. Some of us like to think we're better than others. Not in this group, of course. But we're all human beings. And every one of us has got something going on. You ever see a time when there wasn't as much, when there was so much stuff going on? We've all got something going on. And the Bible says that we're supposed to pray for one another because I believe prayer changes things. We get phone calls through the week and they say, hey, pray for such and such. We do that. We'll stop and do that. And I know you do that. I called this week a few of my really close friends. I said, pray for me this Sunday. I need you to pray. I need to know in my heart that you're praying for me. Boy, it made me feel better. And when you call and ask somebody to pray for them, doesn't that make you feel better? And I think that's part of this kingdom thing, this this church thing, is that we're a group of people connected together. Now, you know, people say, well, I don't need the church. I can stay at home and and I can be spiritual at home. Well, you know, I'm not going to... I guess next time, you know... Somebody says that to me. I, I, I understand that. And I understand that there are ministries on television that reach people, and I get that. But you need to be connected to somebody. You need to be in fellowship with one another. There's nobody in the New Testament that I could find this week, and I looked, who was a solitary person sitting off over here by themselves as an island, as a Christian, and just holding and doing their own thing. They're not in there. We need each other. Some of us big guys you know we don't need anybody right i've seen big people brought to their knees so for me jesus established the church that's one of the reasons that i love it and that's one of the things that's right about it the second thing is there's healing in the church god wants to be your best friend let's just think about that for a second god created you and he loves you pretty simple and I say this every week I feel like but it's the truth he loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for you and you and me that's true love you know you hear something so many times sometimes it loses it's kind of you don't think about but think about that god loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you that is amazing and it, it i said to somebody this week i said i wish there was some way that i could figure out how to say that a different way that people would hear it differently but you know what the church There's healing in the church, and it does say that if it's functioning properly. How many of you have ever been blessed by the church, just blown off your, you know, feet? Just amazed. There's healing in the church. And when you've been healed, you want to help other people be healed. You know what makes a friendship? Honesty. That's what makes a friendship. And when we get honest with ourselves and honest with God, he's standing there like this going, come on, 
I've been waiting for you. There's healing in that. You ever done something and you knew it was wrong and, and you just keep, 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 <laughs> keep pushing and it just gets worse. You just feel awful. Jesus is saying, come to me. I'll take that. I'll take that from you. And it'll be gone as far as from the east as from the west or whichever. I get turned around in this building. I've only been here eight years. East is from the west. And I love that scenario because, you know, I've said this before. If you go north, you're going to finally stop at a point, right? If you go south, you're going to stop at a point. If you go east, you'll keep going. You'll never stop. If you go west, you'll never stop. That's love. That's love. Have you seen Jesus heal hurts in your life? Have you? Or somebody else's life? As a result of the local church? One of the great, I have the, I have the best job in the world. I'm not just saying that kind of sucking up to you guys. I'm telling you the truth. I, I have a great job. I get to work in a place where people, you get to help people. And I get to play music about the Lord. That's a cool gig right there. Some of my old music buddies, I had one call me, I don't know, about two months ago, and we played country music together. Some of you know about that. I played in Nashville for a few years, and I traveled and played professionally, and one of my friends called me. He said, so what are you doing now? I said, he said, you playing any? I said, yeah, every Sunday. <laughs> he said, really? I said, oh, Yeah. So what kind of music are you playing? I said, I, I said, we got like a five, six-piece band, and we're playing worship music. He was like, that's really cool. It's really cool. In a local church where Jesus is preached, hurt people can become healed people. And when you get that, it's infectious. You want to share it, don't you? You want to share it. The body of Christ. Another thing that's right about the church is hope. We find hope in the church. In Matthew 20, 26, 28, 16. You got that one? Here we go. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. They fell down and worshipped him. You see that? They worshipped him when they saw him. But there were some that doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth are given to me. Therefore, therefore, you got your Bible with you, pull it out and highlight this one. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, there's hope, there's hope. And surely, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Woo! That ought to make somebody say amen. That'll put a little joy in your step because you know what? That lets you know that this isn't all there is, man. This is not all there is. Being a Christian, we have hope for the future. We have hope for today. We have help for today. We have healing for today. But we have a hope for a home in heaven, a promise of tomorrow. And you know, Jesus said, go into all nations. And the verb in that passage of Scripture in the Greek is present. So what that means is, while you're going... Now, we're going to leave here in an hour or two. That woke you up over there, didn't it? Beverly raised it. (laughs) But here's what I want you to do. I want you to look down at your foot. Look down at your feet. See your feet? We're going to leave here in an hour or two. And those little feet are going to carry you somewhere. They're going to carry you somewhere. And wherever you go, you're going to be going. Woo! That's a big genius idea right there, isn't it? 
Pretty sharp, huh, Ken? Because wherever you are, that's where you're at. My point is this. You're going to go somewhere this week that I'm not going to go. I'm going to go somewhere that you're not going to go. And wherever we go as the church, we have an opportunity to be Christian. We have a responsibility to do that. Check this video out. Pete, you got that video ready to roll? I want you to watch this. This kind of sums up everything I've been trying to say today. Lately, it seems that we're getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth, though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. Yeah. So where are you going to do? Where are you going to go this week? What are you going to do? We find hope in the church. The last thing that's right about the church for me is that it's where I gave my life to Christ. I already told you that uh, that's where I met my wife. Special because of that, too. So we are the body of Christ. We are the church. What are we going to do about that today? Isn't it good to be, about, uh, be a part of a church that's growing, that loves people and reaching people? Isn't it? Amen. That's not to brag and toot our own horn. That's to say that we want to follow the Lord and we're trying to follow his leading in this church. Maybe you're here today and you've never done that. Maybe you've never made a commitment to Christ. Well, this is a part of our service where we um, take time to do that. Maybe you need to come and pray. This is the altar area. We want to invite you to do that. Maybe you're here today and you just realize that you're part of the church and it's really special to you and you've got your family with you and you want to come and take communion. We've got self-serve communion right here on the sides. That's a blessing to do that. I've gotten to do that with a couple people, even just on the sides. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to ask the, the group to come. Um, Blake is in the building. I'm going to ask him to come forward. I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray with me. You know, guys, if ever there was a time that we need to be the church in the world, it's now. God's calling each one of us. He wants to be in fellowship with us. There's hope in the church. There's healing in the church. Let's be the church together. Father, thank you that you established this church on people, but it was built on Jesus Christ, Lord, and that you built this church with people in mind that we could go out and spread the good news. And so, Father, as we come to this time in the service, it's a time where we can get rid of our burdens. It's a time, Lord, where we can just give it to you. We can lift those prayer requests and concerns up to you, Father. 
And so we just pray, God, that as we do this, we'll meditate and we'll take the time to do that. Father, as we go forward looking for our new pastor, we ask for you to lead us in that. We pray for direction. Pray, God, that you would keep our minds open to what it is that you want to accomplish in this church. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all of God's people together said, amen.